again. Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, good morning, sir. Yeah, good morning to you. Almost afternoon. I mean, a little bit more towards afternoon for me than you. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to be on the phone with you. Yeah, I had a uh, I, I had a great weekend. Um, so Friday, I finished up at the studio. Um, had, we, I, basically, all I did Friday night was I had our, our staff meeting, and then after our staff meeting, I had uh, our storm team uh, meeting. You know, so the special team of role models. You know, I taught them, and and then I went over to. Um, a football game where, because my son plays in band, and uh, so he, he was playing in the football game, but it was at um, the, the high school that I graduated at. So oh, wow. my, wife, my wife's high school, who my, you know, our son goes to that high school, uh, was playing my high school. And oh. uh, for the past six years, her, I think six years, her team has, uh, has won. So I started out the weekend great. We, my team won. Um, oh, okay. Later that evening, uh, my my brother had his uh, first child. Oh and wow! Then, yeah. So and then Saturday, my son is uh, help helping to manage the uh, the girls volleyball team at his school, since uh, you know it's a, a down season for him right now. So Smart he kid. went. Yeah, I'm telling you. He went to uh he was gone like all day, so my wife and I we drove to um uh Starved Rock, which is about an hour and forty minutes away from here, and did some hiking and, and visited some other places that we wanted to visit on the way there and on the way back and what have you. And um, you know, Sunday we had uh gosh, what did we do Sunday? We did something Sunday. I can't even tell you what we did Sunday. But then Monday we had people over for Labor Day and, and, and you know, played in the pool a little bit and and uh, by the end of the day, I uh, closed the pool down, and and I uh, was still off on Tuesday because I I always close that Monday and Tuesday. So it's been a great time. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad. And you know, I really just made sure I spent time with my girlfriend. Um, you know, quality of life kind of things, just like you had said. You know, the the real reason why we work so hard is so that we could eventually enjoy ourselves. Quite often, though, as entrepreneurs we get caught up in the entrepreneurial rut where we're always constantly working on our businesses, thinking about our businesses. And we never get that time to really just sit and be. And, and I've been, I've been really excited for the last two months. We've been, we hired a private yoga instructor and she comes out on either Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights. And we do yoga by my pool and then we turn on the fire pit and, you know, sometimes it's by the stars, you know, uh, Sunday mornings is relaxing in the hot sun um, just been really kind of just enjoying ourselves. And it's just, you know, that that's what I strive for. As you get older, right, don't you start to think about those things more and more? When you're younger, you're always about what's next, how much money, when can I do this, what could I buy? And then um, life starts to kind of catch up with you and you start saying, wow, I, you know, I, I need to, uh, I need to really love and enjoy my life. And there's a, what's the sense if you don't? Yeah, exactly. And I, I yeah. find that um unfortunately I have uh less um I say less energy um and, and that's true uh but I also have um, I don't know I I'll say less patience but maybe yeah. I'm just uh, I'm just more selective in the things that I want to put up with well, you know what? You know what's interesting, and our topic today is perfect. And people might be saying, "Okay, enough with you guys and what you're doing," and you know, but it's it's kind of relevant because um, 
you know, our, our old school mindset. And, and I just had breakfast with my two buddies. We're all school owners for over 20 some odd years, some, some longer. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about our, our lives now and what we're going to do and how long we, we plan on continuing to do what we do or, you know, if we will ever retire or whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, it quite, often this conversation turns to that old school, the way things were, the way things people used to be, um, from the student to the parent, you know, to the way employees were, to the dedication of the high-ranking students and how they used to help you um, compared to what it is now. And, 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 you know, without a big long-winded thing, sometimes you say, well, could it be me? Like you just said, am I less motivated to be the leader Am I doing less sermons, so to speak? Am I, am I there with less energy to kind of control and motivate and teach and control the environment? Um, there's a lot of questions to be asked, right, when it comes to that kind of thing. And that, that has a lot to do with the McDojo mindset nowadays. Yeah, I don't know. I, have you, like, let's, let's, have you ever been called a McDojo? Oh, anybody? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I have. Yeah. And you know what's interesting for me? I mean, I don't know about you, but that really pisses a, me off, right? A sellout? A sellout? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it depends whether they were my raving fans or my competition. Um, people have called me those things often. Um, some of them have done them for the wrong reasons, right? You know, so some of them have done them because I'm successful. Obviously, I must be a sellout, right? Or because I've, you know, done well, I, I had to have sold out because they're not doing well and they're the real, true, pure, great, hardcore people. Now, I've, I've, I'm a very hardcore, traditional, disciplined school. In fact, you could see it from our last call, which got crazy buzz, right, on kata versus no kata with John Hackleman. And, um, you know, I mean, people are arguing. They're still arguing this morning, fighting back and forth, <laughs> where I think there's going to be actual fights going on. Um, where some old school karate guys are going to meet with new school guys and they're going to fight it out to prove that kata works versus fighting, you know, and it's interesting, right? But, well, um, if that's that, the case, I just, if that's the case, we get dibs on selling the tickets and selling at it least filming, price. at least filming it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But, but, you know, I've always kind of struggled. Like I once one time, and this is back when I was teaching every class, I was so into it, you know, and, um, I once had a mom or a dad, I forget who it was, and they came up to me and they said, you know what, um, you are like McDonald's, you know, you're, the way you market and the, the way you do this and you do that. And, and I kind of took it with, with pride. I'm like, wow, you think I'm as good as a McDonald's, a multi-billion dollar corporation? Um, but then there was a part of it that pissed me off. Like, what are you saying? You know, and that's before they really coined the phrase McDojo. Um, you know, and, and I think that most people call a McDojo a dojo that charges money, um, you know, that they're successful. Um, or then there's the other side of McDojos where they give belts away without caring. They don't care about the quality. Um, you know, they, they, you know, they're promoting black belts at like five years old and six year old. So there, there's some essence of a McDojo. I actually wonder, um, what people think. I'm going to go on our Facebook live and say like, Hey, what a, what do people think about uh, that? You know, like if they're, if they're out there, if you're out there listening, listening, which there are a lot of people on right now, um, what is your definition? I'm typing as I do this, right? Of a McDojo. Um, so anyway, I just popped that in there. You can see the question come up on our screen. So um, yeah, so that's really like one of the dilemmas that I find it to be interesting. 
So what, what's your thoughts? Well, I've, of course, have been called a McDojo, and, and primarily it was uh, competition in town, you know, that did that. But, you know, here's the thing is I – I never um I never thought or looked at the other schools in my area necessarily as competition to be quite honest with you because right. I, I looked at, you know, soccer and baseball and football and, and dance and all those other things as my competition, not these other martial arts schools. Um are, are they are they really competition? Certainly they are. Um but I, I just I don't I, I I don't look at them that way. Maybe it's a mindset yeah. for me, so I I don't get uh, freaked out, right? So right. But I have I've been I've been called a a belt factory before, and and uh, do I give out probably more belts than anybody else in town? Meaning that I have uh, put more, more belts into my system. Yeah, I probably do. I think we have what is it, fifteen or sixteen belts up to uh, up to black belt when you start in our our beginners program. Um, but the majority of that is just motivation is what it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, I used to I used to do it where, you know, you would have to wait six months before you got a new belt rather than every three yeah. months. And, and when I yeah. say got a new belt, I should say earned a new belt. I don't mean got yeah. a new belt. Um, right. right. But have I gone through periods of time that I was more laxed? Right. Um, and uh, maybe allowed some people to pass when they probably shouldn't have passed. Yeah, I definitely have done that. Um, and I think, you know, I think if we were all honest with ourselves, we all probably have done that. Um, yeah. and maybe I'm saying that to make myself feel better. I don't know. No, but you I know think what? to a certain degree we have. You're right. I mean, like, I've had times where, and again, it really all depends on what dojo you are, kind of dojo. If you are the sole teacher, you teach every class, and you're the instructor, and you own the school, and you're there every day, um, there's a different level of control that you have over a school where you hire people. And it goes back to you and I going this before we got online. We're talking a little bit about being business owners and employees and staffing and so on. And, um, you know, it kind of is it's not easy to. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you something interesting. I have an old student who um, left my organization to open up a kickboxing gym. He, he trained with me, managed my store, and um, we're kind of not on the greatest of terms, but he emailed me, the, a Facebook message to me the other day, and he said, hey, listen, um, I just need to tell you that I, I apologize for all the stress I've put you through. I've been running this school for a year. We're still underwater. Um, I had an air conditioner break the other day. We had three days with no air. I lost like six people. This is a kick fitness kickboxing gym. And he said, um, I always thought it was easy until I've seen what it's like, and I still am not making any money. So I, I give you kudos for being in business for 26 years and having multiple employees and running multiple schools. It's not easy. Like, he finally came to that realization, you know. And then the other day, I, I, I talked to you about this. I don't know if we talked about it online. I actually, and, and, and I hope the parent listens but doesn't listen because I know it could blow up in my face, but I had a parent the other day call me to complain. And he had, he said, I, you know, I'm upset. So I said, Hey, sir, what could, what could I help you with? And, um, you know, he, he said to me, you know, I, I, you know, in my head, you know, when you think of what problems could arrive at a, or derive, come from a school, um, you know, you think a kid didn't get his belt on time. He got hurt in class an instructor was rude, something, you know, kind of significant, right? Well, this parent said to me, your lobby, your sitting area is just uncomfortably hot at times. And I said, 
I honestly took a breath and I said, are you serious? And then he laughed and he said, well, that just goes to show you don't know much about customer service, basically. And I said, I do, though, and that's why we have. And you've been to my lobby. My lobbies in both of my schools, they're mirror images of each other. They're like the Taj Mahal of, of lobbies. Oh, um, they're Grand, beautiful. Oh, yeah, I mean, cafe tables, wooden floors, retail, TV monitors, you know, um, everything you could think of that you would see in a Starbucks. And so I said to the guy, and he goes, yeah, well, I have to sit there for an hour sometimes, and it's uncomfortably hot. I said, could it be that the parents are holding – like yesterday I was at my dojo, and one of the kids – the mom's holding the door open for like probably like two minutes. And I'm like, ma'am, the air conditioning is, uh, is going outside. She's like, oh, I know. I'm just waiting for him. He's taking this good old time. I was like, could you at least shut the door? You know, so anyway, so this father was legitimately upset, and he told me he's looking for other schools because my lobby is too hot. So um, I'm, I'm at – so old school, new school. Like my old school mindset would have been, you know what, get the hell out of here. You know, like I don't want you around if that's why you're here. Um, but then my new school mindset is, you know, what do I do to make sure even the most difficult of clients is happy? You know, what can I do to make that lobby cooler, more comfortable, better, more cushy, you know, whatever. I want to please my clientele. I really do. But sometimes my, you know, I'm, you know, it's uncontrollable at times. And you would just hope people would be patient. And that's that old school, um, I'm old school mindset. It would have been go away. I don't even want you in my school. New school mindset. I'm going like, okay, let me see what I could do. Maybe buy a second air conditioner. Like who knows? Like it's just unbelievable that we have to go through that. And and anyway, so what what are your thoughts on something like that? Well, I used to believe that the customer was always right. Um, I don't believe that anymore. No, <laughs> I just I just no, I don't. I you know what? I I agree with you. I, I I do. I think maybe it should be temperate. I had a lady come up to me and say it was hot. Um, you know, but it was the end of the night. I said, well, you do realize it's the end of the night. And we've all been working out all, you know, for the last four hours in here. And you, you, <laughs> she goes, I know, but it's hot. And I'm thinking, well, right, I, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, go step outside because that's just, you know, now, did I say it like that? No. I, was I cordial? Yes. Did I do everything in my power to, to make sure that it was a little bit more comfortable the, the next time? Okay, a little bit. Um, right. But, you know, the customer isn't always right. But I think we're dealing with a totally different customer than, right. let's say, even 10, 15 years ago. Right. Right? I, I, I think that they, oh, dude, it, you know, they, need it, their, it, they need their Starbucks and they need their, you know, croissant and, and, and everything to be temperate inside well, of your school I, I, anymore. I said to this dad, I said, you know what, I, I do – you know, he says, this is a customer service experience. You, you know, you're a business. And I, he said that to me multiple times where I finally said, listen, sir, I don't consider myself a business. Yes, all the, the, you know, the different checklists of what a business is, I charge, I supply a service, I give you something, you pay me for it. Technically, we're a business. But where the same thing goes for school. Like my daughter's going to college, right? She's going to school. I, I have not once said she's going to a business. I, you know, I always say she's going to school. Um, you know, she's been in school. I never say, hey, it's a, a business. It, it's a school. Yeah, you pay for it. Yeah, you know, she, she, you know, does all the things that you would. There's an exchange of knowledge. I pay, you give her the class. And, you know, but it's not a business. It's not the technical like Starbucks or whatever. And the minute I believe, the minute we start thinking of our schools as businesses, um, and we're always looking only at the 
customer service experience. The customer is always right. Um, uh, we lose a part of who we are, and that's the shame of it all. Like, like for example, you know, the, the Ferraris um, are a Ferrari for their specific reasons. I bet you there are people who say, I'd rather have the features of a BMW. If you could put that in the Ferrari, it'd be the perfect Ferrari, right? But the Ferrari says, no, this is who we are. This is our brand. This is the way we're designed, and that's why they are who they are. So I think that a lot of people in search of the, the student – uh, they end up losing their identity and they become, you know, uh, you know, they become the McDojo because they're trying to please that person. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, certainly. You know, so we're, we're in our own demise. We're trying to be successful. We're trying to run a school. We're trying to be professional. We're trying to give them the best classes ever. Um, we have a brand. We have a facility. I mean, in my dojo, when I was brought up, I mean, when I trained with my teacher, we didn't have running toilets. We didn't have running water. We didn't have mats. <laughs> or, you know, we had linoleum tile on the floor, which majority of it was chip. We had one mat that had a hole in the middle of it for being used so much, so we tried to dive roll into the corners. When we didn't have a mat, my teacher would yell, just dive on the floor, you know. And he'd beat the living crap out of us. The AC was bad. It didn't work. So it was always sweltering hot. But I was there to train. Like, I, that was part of the workout. Nowadays, you would have like, never. Well, yeah. Like, what, what happened to this world we live in where, um, you know, people are now, you know, they're, they're like, oh, it's too hot while we're working out. Well, isn't that the definition of working out? Sweating? Like, you're not. Well, yeah, but. But the, but the parent isn't. The parent isn't there to, to sweat. Right. They're there to be comfortable. Um, right. You know, but if I go into, there's a gymnastics gym here in town. They don't have any air at all in the yeah. summertime. At all. Uh, that, that place is humongous, you know. Yeah. It would, it would, it would cost way too much. To right. Well, they have, have those big, uh, those yeah. big fans, right? Those monster fans. They right, have some they fans, have but, uh, but, yeah. but they don't have air conditioning. And people send their uh, kids there. Yeah. So I'm so listen, I'm on away with my daughter at college. I'm watching parents loading in stuff, you know, and going like, wow, these are people paying 25 grand a year and they're like fixing the rooms and they're loading it in. They're carrying stuff up flights of stairs and they're happy about the experience. And then I'm thinking about this guy, the customer who is upset because my temperature is a little too hot. And I'm saying, like, what is going on? Then I walk into town, and there's a taekwondo school in the town of Oneonta. I walk in, there's two or three of those, you know, the plastic lawn chairs made out of PVC, the white ones? That's the lobby. Yep. And then, the, you know, I walk in, and, and by the way, the guy complained that sometimes the dojo smells mildewy and, like, sweat. And I'm like, you know, we're in here sweating all night long, straining. And, you know, it's going to take on some of that smell. You know, that's, sometimes that happens. But we clean, and... You know, we, we air fresheners and everything, and we make sure it's spotless. But um, so anyway, his vision of the customer service experience was this whole big, well-rounded thing. It wasn't just for the class. They, the lobby should be at a certain level. You know, the treatment of how they are is sitting in the lobby at a certain level. And I get that. I really do. And I understand that. But, but I don't, I, you know, I'm, I said to him, I said, we're here for the training. You're here because I'm a 49-year trained martial artist with 17 trips to Japan and supposed knowledge in an art that no one else has, maybe that's why you're here. <laughs> and he's like, well, not really. We're, you know, we're not really here for that. And I'm like, well, okay. Then I guess we're, we're on a different dimension. Well, we had a graduation last, um, and, and, uh, last um, uh, August, right? This just, this, you know, last month is what I'm trying to right. spit out. 
our graduations happen quarterly. Everybody graduates every quarter, meaning as long as they're up for graduation. Okay. Right. Um, anyways, I, 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 I kid you not, I said this, uh, and this was to the beginner's class. I, and, and we do our match chat at the end, and I have them all towards the window where, you know, uh, where the opening of windows. Right? I, you remember my front room where there's yeah. no windows there, but there are win- yeah. Right. So, and I, and I was just telling all, all, all the kids and the adults that were there, you know, I said, hey, I said, I said, your test is going to be, you know, next class, this, this, this. You got to be in, you know, full uniform. You can't be late. Da, da, da. You know, and I said, if you don't bring your full uniform, you don't test. You come in right. late, you, you don't test. I said, I understand, right. you know, you being late every once in a while to, to certain class, but you can't do that during a test. Doors closed. Yeah. It's a test. And yeah. I said, you know, and I said, parents, I said, if they aren't able to perform everything on the test, they do not pass the test and they have to do this quarter over again. And I said, and I, and I, I literally said this, I said, and I know I've had parents in the past who said to me, really, I have to pay for three more months. They've already done that. I said, yeah, yeah. you do. It would be just like college. Where if yeah. you don't pass the course, you got to pay to do it again. But dude, I don't like. I, you know what I'm hearing? What you said? Like you're saying to the parent, like if you don't do the material, you don't pass the test. And they're like, oh my god, really? I have to pay again? Like, what if this was for them to be a pilot for an or an airplane or a driving test, right? Where they have to learn how to change lanes and stop the car. Like, would they be like, oh, I don't want to redo that again. Can't we just skip by it? No, it's it's life or death. And that's why I feel like sometimes people, the disconnect with the old school mentality, is like we want to learn to be good martial artists. We actually, the bottom line is that we're here to teach you martial arts. We're not here to, you know, always fluff your ego and give you a belt and, you know, so, like, if you go out in the street and you say, well, I missed that portion of the test and I didn't do well, and you get punched directly in the face, then whose fault is that? Is it the parents because they're trying to push Johnny through each belt? Or, or is it going to be the – then they're going to blame you, you know, because your martial art didn't work, right, because the kid got right. hit or hurt. So it's right. catch-22 these days. And this is where, again – so I think that many people who are listening, you know, um, you know, uh, old-school mentality versus new mentality, McDojo versus – not McDojo. I mean, I wonder, like, doesn't a parent want you to be that person? You would think, yes, I would want you to be that person for my daughter. I would want for you to work her hard so that she knows how to do the moves. I wouldn't be upset about it if she didn't. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, again, you have that old school mentality, though. So, you know, we're not seeing through the same lens as some of these people are. I had right. a, a friend of mine, Brent, um, and he listens to our podcast. Um, uh, but uh, Brent Tibbetts and, and him oh, and yeah. I were talking last week, okay? And he goes, he said, you know, I had a parent come up to me and said, you know, I told my my child if, and I don't know if it was a he or a she, but let's just say a he, you know, if he doesn't make his bed, that then I'm going to take him out of karate. And right. so he awesome. said to her, he goes, he goes, he goes, well, when that doesn't work, what's plan B? Yeah. And yeah. she's like, well, what do you mean? He says, well, when that doesn't work, what's plan B? Right. And she's like, I, 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 don't, I don't have a plan B. He says, exactly. You know, and it's ridiculous that, uh, you know, these parents now are going to use martial arts as uh, a takeaway if their kid isn't doing X, Y, Z, or ABC, when this is the exact thing that they need. 
yet they won't they won't let us um in their mind they won't let us discipline their kid because oh my gosh you know discipline is such a bad thing right right it's just it's crazy so i i told brent i said you know i'm about ready to uh actually have a uh like a questionnaire where yeah. the parent has to read it and say uh, you know uh yes I plan on being here for 12 months. Yes, I discipline my child. Uh, yes, uh, 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 not only do I discipline them, but, but I follow through with my discipline. And no, I don't expect you to be my child's parent. Um, no, I don't expect you to be my parent, as in parenting me in order to parent my kid. It, right. It, it's I, <laughs> yeah. a different breed of parents that we're dealing with now. Well, you know what? I also I, I I would tell Brett if he's listening. I know to 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 use this. And when people say that to me, I'm going to take my kid out because he's not doing well in school, or I'm going to take him out because he doesn't listen at home. I have a mom who I love to death. She's awesome, and her kid is so darn cute. But even yesterday, she was at my dojo, and she's like, uh, "The kid wasn't listening. Shihan is not going to be happy. Like the kid fears me. He doesn't, you know, he does, you know." So I'm like, "Stop using my name to threaten the child. You know, it's going to backfire on you one." day and he's not going to want to come anymore but i always tell people i go are you going to take away johnny's broccoli because he doesn't eat his spinach and now he has no vegetables i mean you got to keep so that's why i say keep him in the martial arts and let me help you discipline him and and, and explain to him why cleaning his room doing better in school rather than taking him out um we have an interesting comment from a really good friend of mine wrenchy adam mccauley who actually is going to actually let me have this tesla for the weekend so I could drive it around and see if I like it. Um, just kidding. Um, but uh, it just goes to show you martial arts schools are successful, right? He owns a Tesla. He's a great guy, beautiful school. Um, but um, he said, interesting view how being a personality-driven service sometimes backfires as you give, give, and give some more. Um, and you don't think twice about and they don't think twice about taking. Um, when you approach it like a business, they seem to take it or leave it. So I, he now focuses on customers first then becomes a client, then they become a student, and, you know, he builds that rapport, which I agree with him 100%. Um, and, and maybe it's the 80-20 rule. You'll probably get 20% of the people to really buy into that experience. Or maybe if him, he's even better, 50-50. But there are always going to be those people that look at our business as, as a commodity, as a service, and it's not as important. Um, and, uh, you it's know, an act I, I, no, 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 no. It's an activity now. Yeah. Martial arts is not a way of life. It is right. an activity, and right. these parents expect their kids to, not all, obviously, but there's a lot of parents that expect their kids to, uh, you know, I paid the money, they're going to move to the next belt level. Uh, you re you're responsible for them to know their material. I'm not responsible at all. And it's, an ex it's, the, it's the exact same thing that's done in, in, in public school and everything. Right. You know, right. they they do that. They expect those kids. I, I'll give you. I'll give you. A friend, I probably shouldn't say this. All right. So yeah. I'm going. I'm going to put it in a in a in a in a different term here. I know of a. You'll read between the lines, but I know of a school whose superintendent at the beginning of the school year, mm -hmm. because this school had changed their curriculum uh, a few years back at the beginning of this school year, actually stood up and told all of the teachers in that school, uh, we, it's not our responsibility to prepare these kids for college. Mm -hmm. And then he went to a parents' meeting 
with this school district who these parents were complaining about this new way of doing things, and they actually had proof, meaning they brought kids back that have graduated even two years ago who weren't prepared for college because of this right. new way. Right. Um, he literally said to them, it is not our job to prepare your kids for college. Right. And, and so my response to that is, um, okay, it, it isn't, it isn't totally your job because the parents have some responsibility in it, but it is, it's like, it is our responsibility to get these students ready for black belt, but they have to take some responsibility too. And if they're underage, it's the parents' responsibility. You know, I, right. I can remember back when when we would get these kids through black belt, right? And and this is back in the day, and you, I'm sure yeah. you can attest to this. You would have – I had parents come up to me and go, man, I feel like that's my black belt. Right, right. Because they worked so hard to make sure their kids knew their information. They brought them right. to extra lessons or private lessons or made sure that they practiced at home. And that just didn't happen anymore. Yeah, you know what's interesting? I – um. I do a whole six six month black belt success cycle, right? Where the, we're literally preparing them. They have to track their diet. They have to run. They have to exercise. So it's a physical fitness experience too. That people get in the best shape of their lives over the course of six months. In fact, I have a scale in my dojo, a professional doctor scale, that one of the dads bought me because he went through this experience with his kid and he lost 60 pounds. So he's like, I feel that this was trans transformational for me. So he bought the school. He, the father, bought the school this gift because he's like, wow, your kids could track their weight loss. And, um, you know, so it's interesting in how we do, we put in all this time. They have to come to one class a week, specifically for two hours. We then train them extra within their regular classes. We go to the track. We go, we do all this extra stuff. But I sometimes feel like I say to them, I go, I, I wish I could unzip your, your skin and put it on and take the test for you because that's the only way that you're going to do it because it doesn't seem to me that you're motivated enough, that you want this bad enough. And I always remember as a young martial artist, I, I, you know, when I was a musician, I could feel it in my stomach. I wanted to be a famous rock star so badly that it actually would hurt. Um, I, you know, same thing with my business. I, I don't sleep at night because I think of the dojo and how to run it and all this other stuff. And then when it comes to students, I worry about them. I, I just, my, I, I don't know if I, please stop me if I mention this again, cause I'm getting a little senile. Um, but I was in, in Target the other day. Did I talk about this real quick? And, and two of my students come running up to me, Shihan, and they hug me. They, they hadn't been there in like a month, and uh, they're not training any longer. And I spoke to the dad. He had nothing but great things to talk, but they're worried about whether the kids are going to do well in school. So they, they said they're taking a break. Well, anyway, the kid says, Mom said no more ninjutsu. We're done. Can you tell her to bring us? Because we love it. And the one little girl and the little boy, they're hugging me. And my girlfriend, Nicole, she's like, oh, my God, I was touching, you know, and I said, yeah, but now you know how I feel because those kids were a part of my life, enough that they liked me that much that they're hugging me and they miss me, and now they're like this, they're done, goodbye, we're not going to see you anymore, and, you know, as an instructor, it hurts, I was kind of sad for the rest of the day because, you know, it bothers you as an instructor because you take it personal. So, I yeah. mean, old school, you know, is it a business? Not really. To me, it's way more than just charging, 
Um, it, it's so hard, but but anyway, I think we're getting a little off the beaten path with the with what most people out there listening they say McDojo. You're a McDojo, Dwayne. You give belts out all the time. That's all you care about is the money, which is so far from the darn truth. It's crazy. I think even even McDojos are not. You know, they feel like they really want to help and change people's lives. And you know, when people say they're giving away belts and they don't. I still think that they have an inner desire to help and change people. I mean, there are some that are all they're about is the money. But, like, I had a parent the other day say to me, yeah, that Tiger Shulman stuff, they're all about the money. I'm like, it's one of the best-run organizations that I know. I, I, their instructors are in great shape. They're always clean-cut, well-manicured, disciplined. Their uniforms have to be ironed. The class structure is good. How's that a McDojo? I, right. I'm lost. <laughs> so what, well, what when, you're, when you're – when you're professional, um, you know, and I agree with Adam, we, we, we are a business in the sense that we have to run it like a business and we should be, we should be professional um, right. as a business because <clears throat> um, that's the only way to really do it and, and do our, our clients a service. You know, I think we do them a disservice if we're not uh, as professional as we can be. Um, but in, in doing that, you have the other um, – schools, and then other people that may have had, you know, previous experience look at you sometimes as a belt factory, as a money-making thing, you know, which is funny because, you know, half of them play the lottery, and if they won it, you know, it wouldn't be wrong that they won the lottery. Right, Um, right. And the other half, you know, the other half, if if they could double their salary by doing, you know, whatever, they would do it. So, yeah, you know, they're just as, as if 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 we are guilty for being professional and or being successful, you know, it's just hypocritical to. Well, to I, say I, that. I just the hypocrisy though. I wonder though, and and it, and it falls along the lines of people who are public servants, right? Cops, not firefighters so much if they're getting paid because these are guys that they people look at them and go they're crazy they go into a burning building. But a cop pins on that badge and puts on that gun every day. It's just as dangerous, right? But people look at cops as being overpaid. School teachers, they shouldn't make that much money. Like, you know, doctors, wow, they're making so- – these are people that change, save, and protect lives, right? So, like, how are they not valuable? Like, you know, a school teacher who you, who's with your kid for an entire year, you want them to be broke and, and poor? And, you know, like, I don't get it. I just don't understand the mindset. Like, my yoga teacher never once had to buy – he passed away at, like, 120 years old. Um, never once had to buy food, groceries, pay for a ticket to travel somewhere. His entire life, every day there was a knock at his door, Swami Bhaji, here's your – food for the day or for the next few days. Um, the guy lived as, as this kind of person where his students revered him enough to, to take care of him. Nowadays, I'm lucky if I get Christmas cards anymore at the dojo. You know what I mean? Like, a, you know, like it's sometimes changed. So it, it has changed. So and, I, and then you know what? I don't blame the people. I just think that they forget that. And, and by the way, when we do our black belt test, I make it there. It's mandatory that they buy the instructor a gift. They buy the dojo a gift. And they buy their ukes, their partners a gift. So it's it's part of the test. They, and it doesn't have to be expensive. It could be a $25 gift card or a restaurant coupon or a plaque for the wall or a painting that they made. I, I don't care. I just want them to get used to giving back and the servitude mindset, right? You know, service before self. Um, but sometimes it's hard for people. Like I, I had a kid yesterday. We do, we're doing a fundraiser for those out there listening. And we took all our white belts. You know, you have a 1,000 white belts you don't know what to do with. So we tie-dyed them all. 
So they, we dip them in tie-dye, and we have all these tie-dye white belts, and we, we're selling them for 20 bucks, and we're letting everyone wear tie-dye belts for August and September. The $20 they pay for the belt goes right to the charity, the Children's Tumor Foundation. And, um, and, and you, you know, that's how we raise money. And we made it fun so that at least they get something for it. Um, and I had one little girl, cute as heck, she goes to me, I, I think that uh, we're not going to get the belt. It's a waste of money. <laughs> I'm like, it's not. It's a charity. So the mom was like, she actually said that. I told the mom later. She's like, no, no, she's just, she's a penny pincher, my daughter. She said to me, she likes to save every penny she has. So even the kid is, is you know, trying to save money and, and decide on what's right or what's worth it and what's not. You know, and so on. So, just a, thought it was a funny story to bring up. No, I like that. Uh, I even like that idea. <clears throat> That's a oh, good yeah. idea. Yeah, we've raised almost uh, over five hundred dollars so far for it. So, by the end of the month, I'm hoping to have raised a thousand. And and you know, it's just a belt. And I always would say, what am I going to do? I have boxes of white belts. So we did this once a few years ago for our demo team to raise money for them, and they tie dyed all the belts. And now we have boxes of tie dye belts left over that we didn't sell the last time, so we reused them. Hey, check this out. My, I'm, I'm putting my girlfriend on the spot. So first off, she said, uh, your hair really looks good on the podcast, which is nice to know, right? So, um, but, uh, but, but she also said, I don't Are you understand. sure she was talking about you? you I think she she's talking about you. Um, oh, okay. but, um, but she said to me, too, she goes, I don't understand the concept of this McDojo thing. Like, what, what's the concept? You know, so she's having a hard time understanding it because to her, like, who calls the school a McDojo? You know, like, I'm not sure I understand the analogy. Are they saying that you're like a chain? Are you a, of martial arts schools? Is that the same thing? And this is where it gets confusing to, to people at times because a, a, a business is a business, right? Like, your, your very function is to be able to make money so you can pay the rent and stay in business, right? Why do people call a school a McDojo? Why? Why? Because you're doing, you're following the principles of just surviving and staying open. Do they call a church a Mick church? Church? <laughs> you know, like, you know, like a Mick church? I mean, churches right. have to stay in business. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, somebody just well, wrote tons of people call, use the term. Yeah, well, they do. They do. And, and you know, along with that, it's, it's supposed to be a um, – it, it's not a tournament. It's not a term of endearment. It's supposed to be a crack basically that right you know you're just like mcdonald's you know as right as if as if mcdonald's um you know uh did something to the hamburger uh because they became professional and they systematized things and right uh they streamlined things and they cut costs and you know it's almost as if they were you know they did the hamburger wrong and so therefore yeah you know they they really did something bad to the cow because they right. did the hamburger wrong. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. Well, and, and you know what? I guess because McDonald's is a, um, and the term McDojo, because McDonald's is a cheap alternative, not known for the best food, right? Not known for, you know, the highest quality, quick in and out service. So that's where they're kind of making this analogy. Like this guy right now, um, James Baker, he wrote tons of people use the name McDojo, and then he also said that they churn out black belts, you know, quickly without any real skill. And, um, however, in my school, I've been called a McDojo, so have you. It takes around five to eight years to become a black belt in my school. And then, you know, I had at one point 160 active training black belts in my school. 
Um, you know, so people are going, oh, look, he must be a McDojo. But, you know, these guys are decent. They were good quality martial artists because they've been through the ringer in order to get there. So um, I think that you're right, though. It is a crack. It's someone who wants to put you down, put down the school next to them. And they're a McDojo. They don't care about anything but the money. Right. And it's a frustrating term. It really actually bothers me because whether you're charging a dollar or you're charging a hundred dollars, you're still a business. <laughs> right. Unless you unless you get the 501c3 status. Right. Uh, other, but but even, but even then, so you still have. Yeah. To, right. Yeah. Even so, you're still charging. Right. You're just not paying taxes on it. Yeah, exactly. And you see that he wrote, no, McDojo is a school that is cheap martial arts. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, and it's funny, Dwayne, on my Facebook live, I'm going to refresh and see if those things show up because it's not, those last two comments are not showing up on Facebook. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, so, so James, I believe that you're right though. There are some schools out there that sometimes really are just not quality, but I think there are also out there martial artists, um, that are just not quality. You know what I mean? Did I lose you, Dwayne? No, no, no. I'm well. I, I, I'm. I don't know if I. You lost me online. Um, I, I well, it changed views. It went just to me. It says the live video will resume in a moment. So okay, um, yeah, maybe, maybe so. Maybe uh, we're just on the the phone together and yeah, probably. Okay, so it's, yeah, it's probably my internet. Yeah, it's weird, right? Sometimes that happens. We were having that problem with uh, John uh, Hackman the other day. Um, with his internet cutting in and out. Uh, let's see if we're back yet. That says the live video will resume. It's still not up there. But uh, for those yeah. who are listening, and then the minute the video comes back on, uh, yeah, my girlfriend. Why don't you, hey, do me, do me a favor, type on there. Okay, type on the chat with the host part. No, 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 on actual Facebook. And oh, type okay. On there. It says, our security system has detected that a lot of people are posting the same content, which means that it's, oh, that's weird. It's blocked. The action was blocked, it said. Okay, I typed something. It says, uh, it doesn't seem to have gone through. Maybe we got to re-log in? Yeah, I'm trying to do that. Oh, so frustrating technology at times. <laughs> uh, well, for the listeners, uh, and I'm writing on here, like, but that's weird because I said, you know, I tried to say something and it's it's grayed out. Um, I'm going to say uh, trying, I'm going to say lost our connection, trying to sign back in. Um, it That worked now, just now on there. Okay. All right. Well, let's see. Uh, uh, I'm it, trying to log it, back in. Yeah. It's not showing up. But um, uh, anyway, for those that are listening on the call, which, of course, is going to be our podcast, um, you know, James Baker wrote, not a McDojo. Uh, no, a McDojo is a school that is cheap martial arts, ran by instructors who are overweight, out of shape, and have never been in a fight or a competition. Oh, I think we're back on. There um, we go. So James, I was just talking about you because we did a we do our podcast and our um and our Facebook live simultaneously. So while we were offline, um I was just mentioning what you said and uh let me pull it up 
it says, no, no, James, you wrote, no, a McDojo um, is a school that's cheap martial arts, ran by instructors who are overweight, out of shape, and never been a fighter competition. Now, this gets my juices flowing because I agree with you and I disagree with you because, you know, who are we to actually judge? Yes, we can say, okay, the best of the best will win out in the ring. Uh, the fighters will, you know, will be the ones who prevail. However, you know, um, I've never, and, and here's an argument that I once heard from a person outside the martial arts. Um, he said, and I forget his name, Bella Carollo, or Caroli. He was the gymnastic coach for the Olympic team, a Russian yeah. gymnastic coach. They said, um, I've never once seen him do a round off back, a handspring double, gain or flip, twist, land with his arms in the air. You know, but he coaches people to be amazing. So, why and I get it because look I'm I'm making a little bit of an excuse because I'm not in the shape that I used to be in, um, but at the same time I'm still in decent shape, um, uh, you know. So are we? You know what happens when you get older and you you're not in the shape you used to be or you can't fight the way you used to be? Can you still be a real martial artist? Are you still a real sensei? Are you still a great teacher? Um, that's where there's some questions about that. And then when we say, you know, cheap martial arts, what does that mean? You know, is Taekwondo less than karate? Is karate less than ninjutsu, jujitsu less than BJJ? No, there's certain values in everything we do. I think when we use the, the term um, judgmental, uh, we're judgmental when we call people <laughs> dojos. And then you also wrote they charge way too much and they get filler stuff. Well, what is filler stuff to, to you? And that really is a big question. I'm not disagreeing with you entirely, but Twain, what, what are your thoughts on that? And, uh, you know, what is it that, you know, well, it's hard about to it? get, yeah, well, it's hard to, to get context through text. So what right. I mean by that is it's hard to understand exactly, you know, what's being said sometimes just through the, uh, the written text right there. Um, right. You know, do I believe that, some people charge too much for the product that they're giving. Yeah, certainly. But then I do I believe that some people give a phenomenal product and don't charge enough? Yeah, I believe that as well. Um, and then so, but I, I think you charge what the market will bear um, primarily, and then you kind of go from there. So when it comes well, well, to, I you have, know. What, well, I have a question. So let's pretend that you could play a round of golf and get lessons with Tiger Woods. Um, and he said, I'll do it for a thousand bucks an hour. You know how many people would jump on that thousand dollars for the hour because they're with the Tiger Woods or let's just say Michael Jordan basketball, or let's say, um, I paid massive money just to be backstage with my favorite bands that I like, you know, just to be around them and hang out with them because I love them so much, you know, or how about with a, mar oh wait, I have an, a novel thought. What about a martial artist who's done it for 49 years, who traveled to Japan 17 times, who actually trained with one of two ninja masters in the world? Would that person be worth, you know, something? Like you, you wonder, like, so what is it about today's society that doesn't really understand the value of someone's worth and want their children or themselves to be around somebody that really has that knowledge and that legitimacy? I mean, so aren't they worth it? Bruce Lee was charging $500 for a private lesson, um, you know, back in the day for James Caan, you know, for one hour. So, you know, was he worth it? Of course. Yeah, certainly. You know, I would, I, look, I, I, truth be told, I don't know that I consider myself uh, uh, the best martial artist. You know, I, I, I'm not. You know, could you beat me up, Allie? Yeah, probably. You know, I, I probably yeah. would. <laughs> Both both hands behind your back and and you know. Well, now you, uh, now you're being know. humble, but now you're being one just leg humble, and a but. swing. 
one leg in a sling, right? You know, but 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 for me, you know, I I want to be the the the, the best um, martial arts teacher I can be. I you know what? I kind of fall in that category where you know um, you know you talked about uh, Bella Caroli. You know, I I not that I have not done martial arts, uh, right? You know, and and that I could, that I continue to you know to still do it. But you know, I—that's what I wanted to be. You know, when we opened up our school, I wanted to be—I wanted to be a phenomenal instructor. My my days of doing the tournaments and 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 trying to you know be Bruce Lee uh, was over. And I don't mean over in the fact that I didn't train anymore. I just my—I guess my passion switched. You know, I wanted to make my students that. I wanted to give them that. And then and then it switched again where I wanted to then create instructors that could do this for a living like I'm doing because I enjoy it so much that I wanted to give them that opportunity. So there was an evolution to my um, progression. But I don't know that necessarily it made me any less of a martial artist through any of that process. Does that kind of make sense? Right. Totally. And I'm not saying James, yeah. and I'm not saying James is saying that about me or that I feel like that's what he's saying. So no, nobody take it that way. I'm just, you know, yeah. full disclosure, that's kind of the evolution for myself. Well, you know, I, I just did a quick research on James, and um, he comes from the Tiger Rock organization, and I believe they're down in the Carolinas, and they're a massive organization, and uh, they churn out really good quality martial artists. So, I mean, they, he, if if he's part of this group, and his uh, one of the instructors is a, is a woman, I forget her name right now, she's amazing, though. Um, and uh, anyway, long story short, um, they've found a way to bridge the gap. You know, they found a way to turn out quality. And um, and still charge and still give you know and turn out a, a finished product that's amazing. That's my goal too, and that's your goal as well. And you know we may have different goals because I, you know my system is way dip, more difficult than some, most other systems. You know as far as the amount of ability and knowledge that they have to learn, the amount of kata and weapons they have to train in, and so on. So does that make me better than a school that maybe gets a black belt in three years? No, it, it's it's almost like saying you could become a chiropractor in two years. You could become a surgeon in 10 years. Um, there's different levels of, uh, you know, you could be a security guard at the mall with no gun, or you could be a cop and you have to go to a whole different academy, right? So there are a whole bunch of different things. Um, uh, you know, and I, I believe, and oh, by the way, he said last week he agreed with me about the art um, and, you know, and so on. But, uh, you know, as far as last week's call with uh, right. John Hackleman. Um, but, you know, you, you know, listen, going back to that call, Kata is, in my opinion, is, is martial arts. It's not a 10-part move back and forth only. It's individualistic moves, individual moves within anything that we do. In the Japanese, the real understanding of Japanese terminology, kata means flow. We, you know, we've, just like we say McDojo means this, the word kata has taken on a whole new meaning, um, but it's not necessarily what the original meaning was. So what people don't understand is there's still people out there like me who believe in the original meaning, in the scriptures that were made originally. So you could get a, go out on a tangent on what you believe now because that's your only view of it, or you could understand it at a deeper level. And here goes another thing. It's why I say like old school versus no, new school. Um, you know, martial arts to me is life. It's, it, it, you're, you don't do the martial arts. You live the martial arts and you become the martial arts. And then you are a martial artist, right? 
Um, most people just dabble. They do little here, little there, and they consider, well, I'm a martial artist, so it's not true. Well, and and that goes back to you know what I originally said that that to most people uh, this is an activity, um, yeah, as as opposed to a way of life. And I understand that there's going to be a certain percentage of the individuals that you know uh, see this as an activity, but it didn't used to be. It used to be a lot more. Uh, individuals looked at it as a way of life, or at least yeah. a way of life for that period of time. I yeah. want my kid to learn these values, get instilled with these things, along with obviously learning solid self-defense, all the way up to black belt. Now, what they decide yeah. to do at black belt, okay, fine. Um, yeah, but they're going to stay there until they get that black belt. You know, at least, or else they're not going to get the black belt. Like w- w- for me, at brown belt level, when you're committed to a black belt test, you have to sign up for two years. People say to me all the time, well, now that's another big commitment. I go, well, being a black belt is a big commitment. I don't want to just hand you a black belt. You run around town saying, ooh, I'm a black belt, when you haven't even taken one black belt class. It's like going graduating second grade, they consider you a third grader. But you start third grade, your first day, you're a third grader. But do you know third grade material? No. So you need to learn the third grade material. Once you graduate third grade, you're an official third grader. Right, because you know third grade material. The same thing goes once you get your black belt and you learn the black belt material. Now you're a black belt. You live as a black belt. You are a black belt. People miss that, and everyone wants the you know the shiny. What do we call it? Bright shiny objects. Yeah, right? you exactly. Know? Yeah, you know, and and that's part of like it's, it's just like saying you know how many people you and I talk to right that they, they you know, I'm a school owner. Oh, okay. You know, really, how long? I've been in business for a year. You know, I'm a grandmaster. I'm this. I'm that. I'm going to just do this for 25 years and then come back to me and talk to me about what it's like to be a school owner, you know, and and live the lifestyle and see people grow up in your school and have kids that grow up in your school and and they have kids. Like that's really what these these living gems of the martial arts do. Um, And there's so many of them out there in the world, you know, like so many quality people that change, that give their lives to their students. Um, And, uh, you know, those people are the real, the real precious ones in the world. However, they're being, you know, they're not looked at as something super special. You, you know, this, I just had this thought. Now, with this whole conversation, I think that I'm going to contact some of my former students who um, are, you know, black belt, second degree, third degrees with me um, that have, you know, moved away or, or whatever. Right. Maybe I'm going to do a Facebook Live with them and ask yeah. them questions on how the martial arts has, um, you know, what the martial arts has meant to them, particularly, obviously, our school, um, and uh, get some feedback from them. And maybe I'll do a Facebook Live uh, for, for uh, like, my, my own site, uh, However, you know what I'm saying, my own uh, Facebook page. That's an amazing idea, Dwayne, and I love it. However, you know, I, I have a student. His name is Michael Montanez. I hope one day he listens to this. He's a retired Marine drill sergeant. Now he's playing semi-pro golf, and um, he still reaches out to me all the time. He always, you know, is on my pages, and he, he wrote me this beautiful testimonial of how my martial art training helped him get through boot camp, help him become an officer, help him be in the military, help him be a family man. And so I made the testimonial into a handout, and then I gave it out to the parents. You know what one parent said to me? Why do you have to brag about stuff like this? <laughs> so I'm like, hey, check, I'm like, here, check this out. And they're like, why do you have to brag about this? I'm like, I'm not bragging. I'm trying to give you as a parent a, a, a look into the future 
so that right. you can see what will happen to you if you stay with this, right? It's not about me bragging. If I wanted to brag, I'd brag about other things, you know, like, you know, but I wanted to try to give them a, a vision, right? But certain people are so pessimistic and they're, they're so one-sided. So that's what one, and another, another parent, I just lost my uh, microphone. Um, one, an, another time, another parent said to me, we, we don't pay you to uh, talk in class. We pay you to teach in class. And I'm like, I, I'm confused. <laughs> like, so I'm like, um, I'm talking about, you know, staying out of trouble, staying away from bullies, being respectful. No, no, we don't, we don't pay for that. We just want you to do the, the karate thing. That's what we're paying for. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I need to retire. Um, so it, it is a little bit of a catch-22. And you wonder why certain people become McDojos because they get so desensitized to this kind of stuff where they're kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to teach. They want a belt, I'll give them a belt. Let them pay my bills so I can live with my family and enjoy my life. So sometimes people are beaten up so much that they lose the drive to, to be as, you know, old school and, you know, to hold on to that fire and that love for their art and so on. So that's the way I see it. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because there, and I, you know, was talking to my staff about this. Uh, there's a fine line between, um, you know, being demanding out on the floor and being compassionate as well, because, and right. I always liken it to, um, you know, I, our, our students are that, that, that rock where we want to eventually chisel out that statue. And unfortunately, if we chisel out too much, we break off a part of what the, the, the original statue is going to, to right. be. And then we got to glue, glue that on. And, and, and it never is, obviously, it's never as strong as it would have been if had it not broken off in the first place, meaning we didn't yeah. take as, as, as much off or chisel as much off. So, you yeah. know, it's important for us to know our students, know that, you know, this student over here, I can give them the 12 things, right? right. That, you know, so, hey, look, you know, they, they say, sir, how did that look? Or ma'am, how did that look? And you're like, it didn't look good at all. Here's yeah. the, here, look, you got to fix this, 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 you know. But, but, but then but the other student, you, you know, you but only you give ever, two things to. Yeah, but do you ever really know them because they're always going, yes, sir, and they're bowing, and then behind in their head, like, I have one of my black belts, I'm still shocked to this day, he gave me a two-star review on Yelp. I'm like, he's one of my black belts, he's been with me since he's three years old, he's 16 now, maybe he doesn't understand the concept of reviews, I don't know. But a two-star review is not that great, you know. When it's a, so I wonder, and, and he still trains. He trains, you know, three days a week. So how could it be a two-star review? You must be really unhappy being unhappy if that's the case, you know. So, um, but anyway, and a good student, too. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, like you said, though, you can't, you never really truly know what people are thinking until you're really hard on them, and then they turn on you. Um, or, or certain people will respect you and accept the fact that you're the sensei. And, you know, hopefully parents well, trust in you enough to accept the fact that you're the, the one with the knowledge. I had a, uh, I had a, uh, one of my second degree black belt girls, um, you know, she's on our storm team. And I asked her, I said, you know, what is, what, you know, what's one thing that you have learned that karate has, you know, taught you? And she said, uh, you know, how to deal with uh, uh, jerks. And I go, right. well, what, what do you mean? And she goes, well, you've, like she pointed at me, you've taught me how to deal with jerks. And I go, what are you talking about? She yeah, goes, well, yeah. you know, you, you, you are, you, you've been so hard on me and, 
uh, and this is the way that I can't rephrase what she said, but I right. say exactly what she said. I'll just rephrase it. Basically, because when I was jerky with her, you know, uh, hard on her, she was able to understand that, you know, he's, you know, one, I know he's being hard on me because he cares, but two, the right. way that I would talk, because I am, I'm pretty, pretty direct when I, yeah. you know, am in that mode. Um, so when people like idiots at school or whatever would talk to her like that, she was able to be like, okay, I'm going to get through that. That, you know, that, that person's an idiot, you know, type yeah. thing. You know, well, I don't know if that, that means that she looked at me. I don't know if that means that she looked at me like an idiot, but you know what I'm saying? Well, well, maybe she did look at you as a jerk, but you know what? How many times do kids look at their parents as jerks, right? right. And then later right. on, later on in life, they go like, I'm really de- glad my dad was a jerk. You know, like I'm glad my dad watched over me you know like I always make a joke I even do it with my daughter so and I said you know um hopefully you know I always say kids girls don't turn out to be strippers because their parents loved them and and took care of them right it's always the ones that they say I'm a stripper because my dad didn't care about me my parents didn't you know like I'm I'm only joking because I respect the profession of stripping anyway <laughs> just kidding I'm, I'm not trying to uh i'm not trying to insult anyone is what i'm trying to say but but um what i am saying is that you know sometimes you know being a jerk is what we do you know being hard on that parent even hard on that kid being you know not giving them their belt when they wanted teaching them patience my teacher was a total jerk to me at times the one from the united states she on felix vasquez in my opinion, he would do things to me, and I'd go, why is he a jerk? But he really wasn't. He would, I'd show up, he'd say, give me your belt and go home. And I'd be like, what did I do now? You know, like, and then I'd show up every day until finally after a week and a half, he gave it back to me. And I'm like, what was, but later on in life, I found these lessons to be so valuable. You know, what I went through, because I chose to experience it as a lesson. I used to go and wait for him on a Sunday morning to take him to a tournament. He'd say, show up at 5. I'd drive to the city at 4 o'clock. I'm there at 5. He'd yell out the window, I'll be down soon. Two hours would go by, and I'd, I'd have to stay awake in the truck, um, you know, uh, because I was afraid to fall asleep in the area that he lived. Um, and I'd be, But I learned patience. And whether he intentionally taught me it or not, I learned it from him, and I owe that to him. Um, many times people just want to go, oh, he's a jerk. I learned patience, but not because of him, in spite of him. No, you learned it because of that person. And, and I, to this day, love him like he was my father. And, um, you know, he changed my life for the better. So it really all depends. Jerks in our lives, the ones that care about us, and they're jerky because they care about us. Those are the ones we learn from. And we have so much that we owe to them. Yep. Nope, I agree. Well, uh, I think we uh, kind of exhausted Right. This. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know this. if we. I don't know if we exhausted it. We probably could go on for well, hours, but we are. But we are out of time, though, right? I know that we 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 try to keep it at an hour. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. And I uh, just want to remind everybody that um, uh, the the seminar or the webinar that we did on the martial arts field trips is still up. Uh, the replay is still there. So if you missed the actual uh, webinar. You can go to schoolandertalk.com and uh, get access to that webinar um, where we, you know, I go over in in that webinar how, you know, basically I bring the schools to me, and by doing so, obviously, I get all their information, and I'm able to market to them uh, creatively. So uh, all that information is um, in in that webinar, so take a look at that. And then I want to remind everybody about the, um, uh, the Martial Arts Business Manifesto as well. We still get um, tons and tons of downloads on that every single month. 
Uh, it's, I believe it's a life-changing document. It's, it's free, so you can go to um, schoolandertalk.com and get access to that as well. And, hey, subscribe to our podcast, either through uh, iTunes or an Android device. Again, go to schoolandertalk.com. Allie, thanks again yeah, for being with me today. One other thing, Dwayne, you forgot. To do. I wanted to thank the people that are, after our last uh, <laughs> podcast on the field trips, we had a few people sign up for our program which is a, a next level school owner club, which I'm really excited to have these new people on board with us and working with us. And uh, thank you for that. And uh, we'd love for you to spread the word. So, you know, uh, we have some really cool stuff that we give away and you could get a whole bunch of free stuff and, you know, kind of a selfless plug for us. But again, I feel it's valuable and I don't want people to not know about it. So that's why I brought it up. So you could get involved in our program and it's very inexpensive and it's something that people could really benefit from, especially school owners. Yeah. All right, Allie, have a great week. Uh, it's a short yeah. week. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Take care. <laughs>